Hello and welcome to a week one review Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host at Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsaw, how are you? Okay. Realizing that I'm uh I'm not really built yet mid-season for uh to be sitting on my ass for the majority of the day and and just be watching football. I'm a very, very, very tired boy. Yeah, me too. I uh watching red zone is bad for my ADHD. It really <laughs> is. It just does not help at all because I get even more impatient than I am normally on fantasy football Sundays where I'm just like f- flipping back between fantasy cast and red zone, seeing what's happening. Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't keep my laptop on me now. That's it's, it, it's too much. I just, I, I, I just sit there. I watch the games and I completely cut myself off from the outside world. I wish I could do that, but I mean, completely do it. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, no, it's not tough. It's great. I love doing it. No, I know it's great, but it's tough to do. Not for me. (laughs) Not for me. It is very easy to do. I love I love my ability to just completely cut myself off and do do absolutely nothing. Say absolutely nothing and be a ghost. It's great. <laughs> it really yeah, is I'm great. A, I am excited that football's back and you know that we're talking about football and everything. It just feels like we never left and the NFL is just as wacky as ever. Uh yeah. Yeah. Today today there's a lot of uh, a lot of wacky things. Even Thursday. Even Thursday was yeah. also wacky. Even, yeah, even Thursday as well. Well, I, I, mean, I will. We're gonna, we're gonna start with Thursday. So, yeah. Segway. Segway. Beautiful. So Thursday, we got our first upset of the year, and that is uh, the Detroit Lions going to Kansas City. Beat the Chiefs by one. Uh, so what we're going to do with these review shows is we're going to have one takeaway. Was it one takeaway for each team? Yeah. From uh, for the game. So um, my takeaway for Kansas City, because this is the bigger story. I mean, Detroit beating Kansas City is, is huge. But I feel like what the Chiefs are talking or what people are talking about is Kansas City. And that they are crazy. They are very thin without Travis Kelsey. They're like almost nothing without Travis Kelsey. I just, uh, I don't know. Their receiving core was terrible. Um, They could kind of, I mean, the running back situation was weird because in the first half, at least Clyde was getting a lot of the, the, those touches. I, I got the first carry of the game, but yeah, that was that was not on my bingo card. No, but it, Isaiah Pacheco got some good work out of the out of the backfield. Jared McKinnon was a non-factor. Uh, Kadarius Tony has stone hands. It was it was nuts. Yeah, well, Kadarius Tony might just be the most the, the most dropped player in America this this week. He just might be. <laughs> um, it, it kind of intersects with 
with my takeaway about the Chiefs, and and, and that is that I think the Chiefs are going to be fine in the long run. I think there's no reason to panic. I think what Travis Kelsey does is he draws coverages away from guys like Sky Moore, guys like Kadarius Tony, both who had very, very, very bad games, and those guys are better off being complementary pieces and not the focal points of an offense. And when you have Travis Kelsey out there, it takes coverage away. So you have more opportunities for Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, and the rest to get the job done. Now, Rasheed Rice looked great. Rasheed Rice looked very, very good. And I think he's a guy that I think is going to be – I would expect that he's going to be added uh, in, in, in a fair amount of leagues come this week. But the thing with Kadarius, Tony, if, if it were up to me, I'm urging people to not panic with Kadarius, Tony. I think you're if you're in a 12-team league and, and someone drops Kadarius, Tony, you best be going and picking them up. You better go pick up Kadarius Tony because I think he still has a lot more uh, to do over the course of the season. I think the Chiefs are again. This is going to sound like, uh, like uh, yeah, no shit, but they are a much better football team with Travis Kelsey on the field, and it's not just because they move the ball, but it's because there are other guys that that contribute. And when the focal point was on those guys, they did not contribute. However, when they're supporting pieces. They contribute a bit more. Just look no further than the Super Bowl when who won the Chiefs' Super Bowl? Kadarius Tony. Yes. Yeah, and Isaiah Pacheco also. Uh, sure, but who scored the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl? It was Kadarius Tony. Right. Yeah, and I mean, pretty okay day for Patrick Mahomes considering because he was running for his life also on the offensive line. Yeah, the, with, the, the, with the offensive it, line. And the interception wasn't his fault. Yeah, no, it was Kadarius Tony's fault. Yeah, it was not his fault. It was a so, it was a solid day. Not what you expect from Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But uh, if if the hope is that Travis Kelsey is going to be back in week number two, then then everything's going to be everything's going to be fine. Uh, you're going to have you're going to have your Mahomes. You're going to have your 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 Travis Kelsey, and that connection is going to be great. And what should be a very good game as well. Uh, the Chiefs going to Jacksonville and taking on the Jaguars in, in week two. Yep. Moving on to Detroit. I guess the one takeaway really is um, about the running back situation. Well, I mean, it's, it, it is Jameer Gibbs and how good Jameer yeah. Gibbs looked. And he did the takeaway that I have here. Be patient, be patient with Jameer Gibbs. It was his first, it was his first NFL game. You can't expect that the Lions are going to be able to run him in. And trust me, this is not this is not me saying this a benefit of hindsight. Because I was like everybody else. I was saying to myself, why the hell is Jameer Gibbs not getting more of a run when he looked as good as he did? He looked great. He had a ton of burst. He looked like he looked like the better running back compared to David Montgomery. And it wasn't particularly close for me. Yeah, he seemed a lot faster than the opportunities Montgomery. Opportunities are going to come. They're going to come. Believe the, the the snap share between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs was a seventy three percent snap share for Montgomery and a twenty seven percent snap share for Gibbs. That number is not going to be the same. Come a month from now, that's going to be a lot closer than it is. If I am a David Montgomery manager and there's a Jameer Gibbs manager that's panicking, did I say Jameer manager manager? Yeah, J- Jameer Gibbs said- manager that is panicking. Oh, go, go 
do what you got to do to dump David Montgomery off to that guy. Get Let them have that problem. Conversely, if there's a Jameer Gibbs manager that is panicking and you think that you could potentially get Jameer Gibbs on the low, you do it. You absolutely mm-hmm. do it. But that's a long shot because I don't know who, who is thinking about panic selling Jameer Gibbs right now. He looked terrific and he's going to get more opportunities as, as we go on and on. And a bonus point here, Amon Ross St. Brown just looked absolutely incredible. My son, I absolutely, I absolutely love him. Great guy. Had a very, very, very good day for the Detroit Lions in their win against the Chiefs. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on to another rookie running back and to start off the Sunday slate. And it is the Panthers and the Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta with a big win against Carolina. Bryce Young looked terrible. Uh, well, he looked okay in some in some spots, but there were some his two interceptions were terrible. Um, and um, I guess that's kind of my takeaway with this is that you got to be. I mean, I don't know. The offense, the Carolina offense, is still going to go through some growing pains with a rookie quarterback under center. And, you know, we knew that this team was not going to be good anyway this year. This is still a rebuild for them. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I think that they had designs because their defense is very good. They mm-hmm. had designs on potentially competing in the NFC South, and they, they still have definitely a chance to do so. Like, it's not all said and done after, you know, losing one game and, the offense not looking that good. Bryce Young looked good. Looked good in spots. He, he definitely looked good in spots. I was impressed with what I saw. And it's only it's only his first game. You know he's going to continue to grow, continue to learn, and he's got plenty of opportunity opportunity to do so in a very very good spot. Does not get easier next week against the New Orleans Saints. So I thought their defense looked excellent today against Tennessee Titans. Get to that game in a minute. But then it definitely does get a little bit better. You have the Seattle Seahawks that they have to go to, and the Seahawks defense looks a bit iffy. The Vikings defense, who they just look, that defense looks absolutely awful. And then they have Detroit, Miami, doesn't look that great, and then they have the bye. But then after the bye, they start with Houston at home in a battle of one number one pick versus number two pick, Bryce Young versus uh, CJ Stroud. So uh, all in all, I don't think Bryce Young looked that bad. My one takeaway that I actually want to have is that Hayden Hurst might actually be a viable and consistent fantasy tight end on a day where, I mean, let's just face it, the tight end position today was historically bad. I I don't have, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but in full point PPR going into Sunday night, we have four tight ends in double digits, Donald Parham, TJ Hawkinson, Hunter Henry, and Hayden Hurst. That is horrible. Yeah. And that's with the two top tight ends being out this week. And then George Kittle wasn't great. Um, George and... Kittle wasn't great. Pat Fryermuth got hurt. Kyle Pitts wasn't great. Um, who else? There's someone that, I, that I'm definitely. Oh, 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 oh. Dallas Goddard with a big fat zero. Yes, of course. Like it, it's, uh... it's, it's, it's a historically bad day for the tight end position. Again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but. Brutal, 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 brutal. I mean, not to move on to the Falcons already, but a a funny and sad graphic was, I don't know if you saw this come on the screen, but it was like 
at one point in the game, it was might have been like going into halftime, but there was a graphic that was like Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Each of them had ze- had one target, no catches, no yards, or anything like that. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Horrible. And Drake <laughs> and, London fin- and Drake London finished the game with no catches. Yeah, on one I target. Played, I think he played ninety-seven percent of the team snaps, and he had no catches. Like that's that's terrible. But no reason to panic yet with Drake London. What I will say is that even though the Falcons did win this game, Desmond Ritter. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Anybody who has Drake London and Kyle Pitts in fantasy better hope they go to Taylor Heineke and quick. Because, man, oh, man, did Desmond Ritter not look good. Bijan, oh, my God, he's going to keep growing and growing into that role completely. Algier with a fluky two-touchdown day. Look good. I'm not saying that he he didn't, but I just don't expect – that might be the best game of Tyler Algier's season. Barring any any injury to to Bijan. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is that I think on one of the – runs for Algier. Bijan Robinson was still on the field, but he was split out wide, which yeah. is and, hilarious. And they've said this. They have said this. Yeah. That they that they believe, much like the Lions with, with Jameer Gibbs, they think that they can line up Bijan Robinson all over the field. And it's nice to see that they were doing it. But the problem is is that you know you want to see those high leverage goal line carries going to Bijan Robinson. And it did not happen. Bijan Robinson could have three touchdowns today. And we're talking about Bijan Robinson with one of the best debuts in NFL history. And unfortunately, it didn't it didn't work out that way. You know, Tyler Algier getting getting two is is definitely annoying. But still, it's a twenty point day for for Bijan Robinson on what you got to say honestly is pretty limited work. Only sixteen touches for him. It, really, I, I I I guess I expected more. But after seeing Jameer Gibbs, did I really expect all that much? Maybe not. Should, should I have expected all that much? Maybe not. But all in all, it's a great day for 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 Bijan Robinson. If you're a Bijan Robinson manager, uh, you got to be thrilled because you have Bijan, and hopefully you have Algier with him, and you have a a, a very very good duo that I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to rely on very very heavily for the rest of the season. If today is any indication of how the Falcons' offense is is definitely going to go between the two running backs, there were 34 touches between between the two of them. Yeah, no, I know. I still need to call your brother about that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's kind of my, well, I guess I kind of talked about my takeaway a little bit with with that. And I mean, as a Bijan Robinson manager, I am I'm pretty happy about this game, about the game that he had. Um, aside from the two touchdowns, what are you going to do about that? Um, you just want to see more work. That's it. Yeah. And it's gonna it's gonna keep going up. Yep. Alrighty. Let's talk about the Battle of Ohio. You know, week one, we already have the uh crazy weather conditions because this game just felt just felt sloppy. Mm-hmm. Not just the weather, like just felt sloppy. I mean <laughs> This has got to be one of those anomaly games for the Bengals. There's just like you just throw it out, burn the tape. That's it. That's that's the, my takeaway. If this is a burn the tape kind of game. Well, it's not an anomaly when Joe Burrow has lost nine straight to the Cleveland Browns. That's definitely not an anomaly. Um, right. Jamar Chase is um, look. 
I understand what he was trying to do. But he gave the Browns bulletin board material with the Elves comment. It was just stupid. And I, and I understand it, you know, maybe if you've had success against the Browns in the past and maybe it's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we can go into this game knowing that we've we've won nine in a row against them. No, no, you haven't. You've never beaten the Cleveland Browns in your career. That's that's not good. And you gave them poster board material to go on and be super motivated and play a really good, fundamentally sound game of football. So it was stupid, 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 stupid by Jamar yeah. Chase. But with that being said, the Bengals, they are going to be F-I-N-E fine. They are going to be okay. It is not the end of the world. They are going to be good. Do not panic. Do not think about selling Joe Burrow or any of the Cincinnati Bengals. They are going to be fine. And I anticipate that they are going to have a big time bounce back next week against the Baltimore Ravens, whose defense looked pretty good today. But then again, it was against the Houston Texans. Yeah, and honestly, there were some times where their defense didn't look that great against Houston. So, yes, they there are there were moments where definitely, if there was a more experienced quarterback back there, that that he could have taken advantage of the lackluster defensive performance from from the Ravens, or should I, should I say, the lackluster coverage at times from from the Ravens. But overall. I mean, the Ravens played a, a, a fantastic game of football. They conceded nine points. They put up 25. They won quite comfortably. It yeah. It wasn't looking that way at the end of the first half, but then they came out for the second half and they they said, oh, oh shit, we're the, we're the Baltimore Ravens. Basically, it was lads, it's the Texans. That's what they, that's what they said in the second half. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So for Cleveland, pretty pedestrian, like a Nate. This is so Nick Chubb, it's not even funny. That's 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 not my takeaway, but I'm just saying it's kind oh, of Oh yeah, it, it definitely was out. a very a very Nick Chubb game. Just 106 yards. The four catches are definitely nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Like if he could if he could be a three, four catch guy every single week. You know, he's not, he's never going to be a 50 55 catch guy, but can he be somewhere in the neighborhood? If he could get to a neighborhood with the amount that he runs and the way that they use him, if he could be a 40 catch guy, that's gravy. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I know the real takeaway is about Deshaun Watson. I was hoping you were going to talk about it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson uh, wasn't the best through the air, but. He definitely made up for it on the ground. It's like I've said that the entire offseason. Okay. Look, I agree with you that there were times where Sean Watson, woof, in the air, there was some, the pick that he had. I want everybody to go and find that interception that Sean Watson had. They haven't seen it. I think it was to Elijah Moore. I'm not, I forget who it was to off the top of my head, 
But whoever the receiver was, he missed him by a good 10 yards. And we're not talking over. We're talking under. And, yes, the conditions in Cleveland were not great. They were sloppy, sloppy, sloppy conditions. But Adam also hit the nail on the head. And this is something that I've been pointing out and trying to say all offseason. That when they get close to the red zone, Deshaun Watson has the ability to take off and use his legs. And he did it. He got the rushing touchdown today. And honestly, it was a, it's a great building block to go forward and to continue to build and try and work out the kinks. I don't think the Browns look particularly good today. I don't think the Browns necessarily won this game. I think it's more that it was just the Browns against some some ghosts because the, the Bengals just didn't show up, plain and simple. They just did not show up. It was a good day to get to work out the kinks a little bit for the Browns. They got a win. They're 1-0. And they get a very juicy matchup next week in Pittsburgh versus the Steelers, who just got punched in the mouth by the 49ers yeah. today. Completely, completely punched in the mouth. Yeah. Do you want to talk about a team, a team that looked overmatched? It was Pittsburgh. But... Oh, my God. Yeah, completely. Completely overmatched. It was, It was almost sad. I almost want to do that game next just because we're talking about it. But, I also uh, want to point out one more thing just very quickly. Yes. I know some people are going to be, are going to be worried about, you know, the pass catchers, you know, Amari uh, Cooper had a bad day. Elijah Moore wasn't that great. David Njoku was just terrible. I think it's going to come. I, I think that, you know, we're still talking about Deshaun Watson needing, needing the reps, needing to get his arm back and the conditions sucked. It was pouring the entire game. Yeah. So, you really can't, like talk about this game without talking about the field and the ball conditions. I I think I, I, Kevin Stefanski, he wants to run the ball on a normal day when it's sunny in 75, let alone on a day where it is just raining buckets. So it, it it was definitely in the game script for sure. Um, It's just tough to swallow. You know, those, those guys really combining for 17 points, the three of them, it sucks for sure. Um, I'm not panicking about any of them. I, I think they're they are absolutely fine going forward, especially especially Amari Cooper. He'll mm-hmm. get his thousand yards. He'll get his six seven touchdowns. He will be just fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, I do want to do. I don't know. We'll go with uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis for this next game. And um, Adam, can I stop you? Yes, please. I want to take can I take this? Yes. I have a confession that I have to make. Okay. I can't believe I'm doing this so early. I was dead fucking wrong about Calvin Ridley. Wow. Dead fucking wrong. He did look good in this game. He looked great. He looked really good. Great. Trevor Lawrence also he, he Trevor Lawrence is a star. Also, I know he didn't. Ha- I know he didn't have the best game statistically, but just just it is just off the eye. It's the eye test. He looked poised. He looked really really good. But then Calvin Bridley, I'm so happy I have him in at least one spot. I am so happy. Because, oh my God, if, if I missed out and 
I'll be honest. I completely ignored Calvin Ridley. Completely and utterly ignored it. And he looked sensational. Now, I want to see him continue to to build on that, obviously. And I think, you know, this was a Christian Christian Kirk. This was a Calvin Ridley day. Christian Kirk did absolutely nothing, which is a little concerning because I have a lot of Christian Kirk. Um, But I think it's going to be a lot of points next week. And I'm going to be very curious to see, you know, if there's a more even distribution of, of targets between uh, Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Calvin Ridley had 11 targets today. Christian Kirk had three and Zay Jones had seven. They paid Christian Kirk all that money for a reason. They're going to use him, but I'm just really, really, really worried that the week to week upside with Kirk is definitely not going to be what it is with, with Ridley because Ridley looked absolutely terrific. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, I'm going to admit it. I'm going to take another chin. I'm going to say I was dead wrong because Calvin Ridley looked excellent. He really, really did. Yeah, absolutely. I think he did look really good. Um, even Travis Etienne looked really good also. Um, um yes and no. Yes and no, because you take away the 26-yard touchdown run that he had. It's a very mediocre day. It's a very mediocre black. Yeah, but it happens. But it happens. I've started to hate people saying that because it's like, but it happens. Well, you you have to look at you have to look at it also, and you have to say, okay, is it fluky or is it earned? The touchdown was kind of fluky. It was poor tackling. The Colts had. I think he probably juked out three or four guys, and yeah, he got he got saved by the touchdown. He definitely did. Outside of that, you take you take away the touchdown. He's got fourteen points, and we're sit, we're sitting here, and we're asking ourselves, you know, what the hell is going on with, with Travis Etienne? Is he also a victim of Calvin Ridley being here? So that's the fine margins that that, that we're talking about. Well, that's fantasy. I mean, well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, and and, and yeah. that's. That's the that's the only difference, you know, because we would be having a completely different conversation with ETN if it wasn't for that the twenty six yard great touchdown. I mean, that was an awesome run, but honestly, it was fluky. It it it, it was because he he juked out of five six tackles, <laughs> and it's skill. Like good for him. I'm, yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't I don't hate the guy or anything. It's it, like it's easy to do that. No, absolutely not. He had a very solid, very, very solid day. And, you know, everyone's going to take that, that 21 points in, in full and just and just go to the bank with it for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Colts. Anthony Richardson, very up and down game. Oh, we disagree. We disagree again. No, Anthony, wait, he... There were some throws that he made that were fantastic and some runs also that were great. But yeah. Yes, Bird? I thought for an NFL debut, he looked really good. And I had I had serious questions about whether or not Anthony Richardson actually belonged just based on skill. I could answer that after one game. He does. He does. 
that this is a, a special, special talent that we're talking about. And he is so raw. Like, yes, absolutely. What Adam said is 100% correct. There were th- some throws that he made that were wow. And there were some throws and decisions that he made that were dumb. But it's his first start. And he's only yes. going to get better. And he has great coaching. Great coaching. Which is going to make the world of difference for him. And obviously now we have to worry about, you know, what the deal is with the concussion at the end of the game, which by the way, oh my God, why are you, that was another dumb decision. Why are you putting yourself in, in, in that position in the first place? Also, slide, why are you not... num- slide number one. And yeah. number two, don't put yourself in that spot. And then afterwards, why are you throwing the ball three times to the backup quarterback? When you're on the goal line, basically. Well, because they had to, because that was that was when Anthony Richardson suffered the the concussion. No, I know. Well, they had they Gardner Minshew, and they're gonna put the ball in his hands. Well, they don't have Jonathan Taylor back there. You no, know, what are your options? You had Evan Hall who left the game. You have Zach Moss that's not there. The only really guy that they that they had at their at their disposal that they could you know c- consistently go to was Deion Jackson, who by the way fumbled, fumbled twice. Fumbled twice. Yeah. The, I think the only other healthy running back that they had on the roster for the game was Jake Funk. And I think he only got like two carries. He did. So when you're looking at all those options, I completely understand why they gave the ball to Gardner Mitchell. I completely, completely get it. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to give the ball, give the ball to, to Jake Funk. I mean, I would give the ball to Deion Jackson because, you know, this is a pro Deion Jackson podcast. We stand Deion. But – yeah, and I can tell you, honestly, the Colts might just pony up and give Jonathan Taylor his money and just be like, all right, yeah, we're good. Come on back. It's like because, literally, man, we, oh, man, we have no more running backs. Please come. Please come play for for us. We don't have a running back. We don't have a running back that we could consistently go to. And their plan is to wait for Zach Moss to come back. Oh, that's silly. That's silly. We learned yeah. we, we learned so much about the Colts today that they need a running back. So that way, Anthony Richardson is not putting himself in these stupid positions where he could potentially get hurt. And that running back is Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Jim Irsay has got to just swallow his pride with that one. Will he? Definitely not. No, of course not. Definitely not. You forget who you're dealing with. Uh, oh, no. I know exactly <laughs> who I'm dealing with. And that's the scariest part of all. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... Um, good uh, long touchdown from Michael Pittman. That was it. That throw was awesome. Yes, throw catch run was absolutely awesome. And for anybody who thought that you know, oh, maybe there was a bit of concern with uh, Anthony Richardson coming in here and and potentially could mess things up in the pass catching department for the likes of Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman was the alpha, the alpha for the Indianapolis Colts. In this game, he looked absolutely awesome. 11 targets for him with Alec Pierce getting three targets and then Josh Downs accumulating seven. Josh Downs is going to be an interesting little waiver ad I want I want to put out put out there. Say so he could be very, very, very interesting. But this is Michael Pitt, Michael Pittman's receiving room. No doubt about it. And it is so, so good to see that there is a absolute dynamo of a pat of a passer back there still raw still raw i'm not saying he's a finished product i've gone all season saying he's got to work on his mechanics and he does 
but the raw talent and the raw ability is there. And that's something that Michael Pittman has not had whilst with the Indianapolis Colts, an actual dynamic passer and playmaker as his quarterback. So trending, trending up is Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson too, for that matter. Yep. Uh, next game is Tampa Bay at Minnesota. I want to note something. I'm sure you probably noticed this too. Were there, there were so many fumbles like on the, on the quarterback exchange, like snapping the ball. I don't know why I noticed so many this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. It definitely was not the, uh, the, the, the textbook lesson that I think any football coach wants their young centers to, uh, to be looking at in terms of how to snap a football. This was definitely not the week for uh for 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 that kind of lesson to be uh, to be displayed. Yeah, Kirk who did it twice who who that happened to twice. Um Ah. <laughs> uh, oh the this Vikings. Game, this game was just <laughs> drunk. Yeah. That said, can I take can I take Tampa? Sure. This might come off as an overreaction. But we had a question about this on the mailbag, and I want to give this dude his props. What was his name? Was it from a time traveler? Nate. Asking about Sean about Sean Tucker? Nate. Nate said it. Jake and I completely dismissed it. That could Baker Mayfield be an okay start? against a Vikings defense that is just absolutely terrible. Nate, I'll apologize for Jake, because Jake will never do it, because that man's got way too much pride. You were 100% right. I don't know if this is... I'm, I'm not sitting here and saying that Baker Mayfield's a guy that I want to just go and trust every single week. But the Vikings defense is just so bad, and, that, and Baker Mayfield took full, full advantage of that. Chris Godwin... Had a half-decent game. Mike Evans caught a touchdown. I started Mike Evans in a spot today. And let me tell you, when Mike Evans caught that touchdown, oh, my God. I, I thought I was going to be doing a back wheel, cart, uh, car, a front flip, cartwheel. I can't even fucking speak. It was so awesome to see that there is still a shot that Baker Mayfield could keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, at least, relevant with the fantasy pieces that they have in place and like a fully a fully healthy baker mayfield in cleveland in 2020 was a really was a pretty solid quarterback lest we forget yes so it's not like this is coming out of nowhere this is not some journeyman even though baker mayfield might be turning into one he definitely definitely is but it's not it's definitely not a bad connotation at all baker mayfield in the division that they're in with the defense that they have, that defense played their asses off today. Yep. And fair play, fair play, whether it's Todd Bowles or whomever, that defense came ready to play. Devin White had like 14, 15 tackles. Like, are we kidding? A yeah, dude, 12. A dude, dude's an animal. He's an absolute animal. But Baker Mayfield, the early signs, this is not a ringing endorsement of Baker Mayfield or anything like that. I loved what I saw out of Baker to Evans and Baker to Godwin. Rashad White, a little alarming, a little bit. 
But well, he had like a cramp, right? Or something in the middle of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like he was cramping up a little bit and not the best day for uh for 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 Rashad White, but I still have I still have faith. I mean, we just saw Aaron Jones rip apart the Chicago Bears, and that's what they play next week at home. So yeah, and then is... I, I anticipate that Rashad White, pending health, of course, that Rashad White will uh, will will be all right. Yeah, I mean Rashad White did come back into the game, so it's not like yes. it's a, it wasn't a huge deal. Yep. Um, did you have anything to say about Minnesota? Uh, don't or panic. Is, or is it just their defense is terrible? Um, I, I will talk I mean, about Alexander Madison. I feel like that's definitely worth while talking about. Madison was 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 fine. Um, the His receiving, t- the receiving touchdown. touchdown was huge. Yeah, that was huge for him because otherwise we'd be having a completely different conversation about Madison. Again, see, it's the same thing. I think the Madison receiving touchdown might might have been a little bit fluky, but it saved him from having a disastrous day. He had a fine day. The better matchups are coming for sure for Alexander Madison. This was a tough one. It doesn't get any easier next week versus the Philadelphia Eagles, who who basically, you know, really contained Ramondre Stevenson um in, in their matchup today against the on Patriots. A short week. On a short week, also. On a short week. Yeah. But it gets it it gets better. The Chargers, the Panthers, and the and the Chiefs. So that three week stretch. Is it potentially could be very very good for Alexander Madison, but he's on a team that is going to get enough red zone opportunities that's going to keep him in the in the mid to low RB two conversation every every single week. So he's completely fine. Um, Kirk Cousins will be fine. Justin Jefferson is a monster per usual. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. Let's 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 spend a little a little time on on Jordan Addison. Four catches for sixty one yards and a touchdown. Could have had two. Could have definitely had two. Looks good. He looks really good. Yeah. I was impressed. I was very, very, very impressed. And we talked about this, you know, after he was drafted by the Vikings. That one-two combo that they got there of Addison and Jefferson. It's going to be, it's going to be nice because you're going to have the top coverages, the top corners, they're going to be drifting towards Jefferson, and that's going to leave Addison in a whole lot of one-on-ones, and that is where he is going to thrive. So I think Jordan Addison, we're going to be talking about him as a very quality, quality addition for fantasy teams. Tough matchup, though, next week against against the Eagles. A very, very tough matchup. So I think I would lower expectations a little bit. I'm still putting him in like that wide receiver three range, but the expectation coming into the season was what? Could Jordan Addison potentially be a in an out out wide receiver two to the Justin Jefferson wide receiver one that exists in Minnesota? The answer is yes. Early signs are yes, he can be. Yeah, it was a it was a great game for both of them. And then TJ Hawkinson also had a uh, a solid ish game. I mean, I don't know. One, got of the only four, one of only four tight ends to to finish in uh, double digit points in full in full point PPR. So, uh, yeah, you can I, get. I would I would call that a very good day. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm okay with that. Um, next one is the Titans and the Saints, the game of field goals. Mm-hmm. So many field goals. 
I mean, hey, oh. if 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 you had uh, if you had Nick Falk and Blake Groupie, congratulations. Yeah, it was all field goals, but Rashid Shahid's touchdown. He's a player. He's a player. I have I have him in my dynasty league, and I I gotta say, uh, I'm sitting there. I'm saying to myself, "Wow, could I could I potentially you know, could I have something here?" And the answer is quite possibly that that receiving trio of Shahid, Olave, Michael Thomas, that could potentially be something. Michael Thomas, he looked he looked half good, and I gotta say, fair fair play to to Jake. I, I'm 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 on him all the time. When he's wrong, I'm the first one to jump on him. But when he's right, I'm here to give him his props. Michael Thomas was targeted pretty often by by Derek Carr. And I think, you know, he definitely has a part to play so long as he's healthy. But Chris Olave. Oh, <laughs> oh when he went down, I was like, I don't even have him anywhere. Oh, my, my heart. My heart I was, was, like, in, was in my shitter. God damn it. My heart was in, was in my shitter. Eight catches for a buck twelve. Yep. Yep. He's got it. I like that. I like that a whole lot. And the matchups coming up for him, they're not bad. Carolina, Green Bay, Tampa. Be very interesting to see what other teams do. If Olave's going to draw the number one corner or if it's going to be Michael Thomas. But, he, but even then, Chris Olave is in no danger of coming out of your lineups ever. He is yes. a plug and play option. I'm you, sure. you just roll with Olave. You, you, you let you let the good times roll. I, I don't know how you say you, you say it in uh, in in. There's a first saying of of how it of how it goes. Um, I forget I forget what it is. Uh, I I have to I have to look it up. Um, it is. So I'm not even gonna try and say it. Not even, not even gonna try. I'm never gonna make a fool out of myself. Normally, I normally I would, but I'm a very tired boy, so I'm not even gonna try. But the receivers for the New Orleans Saints, awesome, and there could be the foundations for a pretty, a solid offense. I don't think we're ready to say good yet, because Derek Carr is just Derek Carr. He is who he is. But at the end of the day, he's got one job and one job only for me. Get Olive the ball. Yeah. Um, the right Jamal Williams, not uh not what you were looking for, I don't think. No. No, but we kind of know what Jamal Williams is. Yeah. He's not a he's not a guy that at the end of the day we're gonna be seeing take the majority of the ground touches. When Alvin Kamara is back, he is the guy. But two and a half yards per touch, that is not good. That is no. not good at all. You do not yeah. want to see that. But Speak. but as no. long as Kendra Miller is out, Kendra Miller uh, missed today with a hamstring. So that could be a couple weeks right there. It's going to be Jamal Williams. It's going it's to be Tony Jones. And then when Alvin Kamara comes back in a couple weeks, Kamara is going to be the guy. So, yep. All, all in all, I see a very clear, very clear pathway for touches for Jamal Williams. And then I also see a pathway for the more explosive guy in Alvin Kamara to come back into this offense and 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 be the guy who really should benefit from the bland, boring, safe, no risk style of Derek Carr. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that 
goes in that offense, like how Alvin Kamara fits in that offense. I think he's um, gonna fit. I think he's gonna fit like a glove. Yeah, I think so too. Um. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. God, what a game! What a terrible game for Ryan Tannehill. Oh my lord. And Will Levis was a healthy scratch. Yeah. Listen, I I, I give credit to the Tennessee Titans because they kept this game a whole lot closer than maybe anybody would have anticipated, including myself. They kept it very, very, very close. But at the end of the day, you're not winning a football game where you turn the ball over three times. You're, you're, you're just, that's just not happening. And Ryan Tannehill did, it did exactly that. Um, Derrick Henry was just Derrick Henry. Nothing wrong with that. DeAndre Hopkins, tough matchup. I voiced those concerns on on the mailbag. I said it that I did did not think that DeAndre Hopkins was going to have a huge day. Did not. 13.5, though, very, very good. The targets are what you're wanting to see. And the number between DeAndre Hopkins, Nick Westbrook-Akine, and Traylon Burks, 13.73. Hopkins, Westbrook-Akine, and Traylon Burks. Hopkins is the guy for this offense. You roll DeAndre Hopkins comfortably, and in better matchups, he's going to be an absolute target hog for Ryan Tannehill, and they get a great matchup next week versus the Los Angeles Chargers in Nashville. Yep, absolutely. Um, anything else of this game? Or we can move on to move on. Pittsburgh and for and San Francisco. This is very easy for Pittsburgh. You ready for this? Yes. Take everything you saw with the Pittsburgh Steelers today and throw it out the window. Everything. They everything? were outplayed. They were outplayed from the first snap. They really were. They oh, got God. absolutely destroyed. Plain and simple. Now, I do not think Kenny Pickett is that bad. I do not think the Steelers defense is that bad. I don't think the Steelers offense as a whole is that bad. I think they're gonna they're gonna continue to grow and so in Kenny Pickett. This is only his second year. His first year being the full the full-time starter, at least starting out as the as the full-time starter. They're gonna continue to grow. I'm not worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers yet. Yet. Deontay Johnson, that is a huge problem. That is a yeah. humongous problem. Pat Fryermuth, that is a humongous problem if those two can't go. But for anybody who has George Pickens. Ooh. And maybe, I mean, Allen Robinson also got some some targets like late in this game as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he definitely has a part to play in this as well. If there's, if Johnson and potentially Fryermuth can't go. I think we're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets with with Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin, and George Pickens. Pickens will, will definitely be the guy. And I think when when Deontay Johnson went out, when Pat Fryermuth went out, it was very clear that the Niners were just saying, okay, anybody but George Pickens here. But could, in softer matchups, could George Pickens definitely have a have a big-time feature role for this offense? If there is no Johnson, there's no Fryermuth? Yes, absolutely. I think that's what we've all... That's what we've all wanted to see with the Steelers is, you know, can George Pickens do it by himself? And we may find that out if this hamstring injury for Deontay Johnson is deemed to be serious. I have not, I have not heard 
uh, anything as of yet in terms of the severity of the Deontay Johnson injury, but it didn't look particularly good. It looked like a, just a clean pull, and that was it. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, yeah, that I kind of agree. I mean, it's easy to get worried about the running back situation, but the game script was against them the entire game. So, rule, yeah, that take everything and throw it out the window. By the way, if you looked at the fantasy pros column that I was in this week about who would be a bust, who did I put on that column? You did put Najee Harris as a bust. I did. So that's a big notch in my belt. <laughs> I gotta there say, go. I don't ever, I don't, ever, I don't actively root against guys, but when I saw Najee Harris not performing, it did make me a little bit happy. As you know, putting that, putting that in a column on Fantasy Pros, which I believe, as of this morning, had over ninety-five thousand reads. To see Najee Harris as the name that. I put in there. Yeah, that's nice. Well, it's not about Najee Harris. It's just about being right. Everybody loves being right. Yes, I love being right. I love yeah. being right more than most. Yes. Um, Going to the Niners side of things. Oh, Brandon Ayuk. Who would have thought? Me. <laughs> Me. He's, he's awesome. He's just awesome. Caught all eight targets, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Oh my God. He's, he's, he's special. He's really, really, really special. And I said it, I said this, that Brandon Ayuk was going to take over. I manifested this. And this is not me saying that Debo is going to resort to nothing. Debo is going to have a huge role to play in this offense because this offense is better when Debo Samuel is out there. There's no doubt about it. And their whole, array of options but to see Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey have very very good days is positive because you don't want to see all four guys just have meh days you don't be rooting for injuries to any one of those guys in order for your guy to potentially have a day you want to see all four guys out there and you want to be able to see those some of those guys pop off on certain weeks we're not going to see eight for a buck 28 every single week or buck 29 excuse me for Brandon Ayuk every single week. Some weeks is going to be him. Some weeks is going to be Debo. We're going to see Kittle get his, I'm sure. But this, this has the makings of such a great, fruitful, vibrant fantasy environment. And if this is what we're seeing out of Brandon Ayuk to start. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. By the way, I also, I also put him in many columns. It's also in fantasypros.com. Go check those out. Company man. There you go. There you go. Okay, let's see. Who will be next? The uh, Another game that was weird uh, is the Commanders home against Arizona. Yeah, a, re- a really, really weird game. <laughs> I was like, I mean, no, yeah, I don't know. The Cardinals are the Cardinals? I mean, what... Let me ask you, Adam, because I think you might you might be better at articulating your thoughts way better than I can on this one. Did did we really learn anything about the Cardinals today? Like anything no, new? Not really. They just kind of no. seem like going through the motions. I felt like so 
the the only thought that was going through my head watching the Cardinals was just meh. That was it. Yeah. And listen, they kept they kept it close. So fair play. They kept it really, really competitive. But I think it's not before long that we see Clayton Tune. I think they're going to want to see what they got there eventually. And it's very clear. The Cardinals, they want to do nothing but just tank, 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 tank. I don't blame them. Which is crazy because they feel like an in-between team. Because, you know, they have like no quarterback while they're waiting for Kyler Murray to come back from his ACL injury. And they have these veteran guys in James Conner and Zach Ertz and Hollywood Brown. And then they also want to tank for Caleb Williams. That's the thing, though. <laughs> Is Kyler going to come back? You think they're just going to sit him? I think tank- it's possible. For for tank reasons? Yeah, I don't think they want to win games. And it's an unfair statement because obviously they're professionals and they want to go out there and they want they want to actively win games as professionals. Players don't tank, executives tank. Correct. It, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. I think the brass of the Cardinals, they could give a shit if they go, if they don't win again. They they honestly, the players, that's completely different. Because odds, odds are, you know, most of them are gonna be looking for contracts elsewhere next year. Like that's just a matter of of, of life. That yeah. odds are most of this team won't be there next year. But the executives, they see Caleb Williams. Hell, they're rooting against the Texans. They want the Texans to go one and seventeen, one and sixteen, one and fifteen. So that way they can get their hands on Marvin Harrison. And bang. There's your there's your Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald for the next 15, 20 years. That's ideally what the, what they're looking for. But these players are gonna sit there and they're gonna say, you know what? We're going out there, we're gonna play our hardest, we're gonna do what we gotta do, and you want to tank? That's cool. We're not in that business. And yeah. they put together a hell of an effort. Put together a hell of an effort. And listen, Sam Howell, Sam Howell nearly, nearly gave it to him. Yeah, Sam Howell was another one of those. I don't know. He showed he showed his potential. He showed flashes in this game. Yes, absolutely. He showed flashes. But now I think when you said before about the the, the up and down, this was a classic up and down because there were things that he was doing where I was sitting there at one moment. I'm like, wow, like he looks, he looks good. And then there were some moments where I'm sitting there, I'm saying to myself, what the hell are you doing? Um, We need to talk about the running backs too. Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, four touches in the game. Brian Robinson had 20. It's rough, bro. (laughs) I normally want to sit back and I want to urge people to be careful and not panic about splits like this. However, I felt like every time I watched this game, Brian Robinson was out there. Yeah, Brian Robinson plays with such an intensity. I love watching Brian Robinson play. He just gives off such this Latavius Murray vibe. You know, on NFL Network, they have the uh, angry runs. Mm-hmm. Brian Robinson is just angry runs all the time. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. It's not ever pretty. You know, only three <laughs> 3.1 yards per carry, not great. But he got the touchdown. 
He gets it done. And yeah, and he almost like he was like crawling there basically on that touchdown. Yeah, and, and, and the fact and the fact of the matter is Brian Robinson getting majority of that work in a game script when quite honestly, I would have expected Antonio Gibson out there. And he wasn't. So the fact that we're sitting here and we're talking about Brian Robinson completely, utterly owning the backfield shares in Washington. It definitely is concerning for Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gibson managers. It absolutely is. I'm not saying cut him or, you know, trade him or anything, but. I kind of think that Brian Robinson is 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 going to be the guy, which is completely against everything I've I thought at least about Eric Beniemi was that he wanted to have multiple guys. He wanted to keep it keep it fresh. He found one guy and he wrote him, and that was Brian Robinson and not Antonio Gibson. Yeah, uh, the receivers are also an interesting look. Um. With Curtis Samuel leading the way, which is, I mean, whatever. I didn't, I, yeah. Pretty pedestrian game for both Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin more so. I mean, you really don't like that if you are a Terry McLaurin manager. Yes. The McLaurin thing, I don't like at all. To see only four targets. But this is the thing that the Arizona Cardinals do. And this goes, this dates back two, three years now. Somehow, they take number one receivers out of the game. How they do it, I have no idea. But they take number one receivers completely out of games. And this allows other guys to have the opportunities to contribute. Curtis Samuel was a dual threat piece in this game. I thought Jahan Dotson looked great. I, I thought I saw Jahan Dotson flying all over the field. And I'm very encouraged by what I saw out of Dotson. Am I slamming the panic button on McLaurin? No, I'm not. But this is a big, 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 big but. The leash is very, very short with McLaurin because I just don't know how many noticeable offensive scores are in this offense after what I saw today. You know, 20 points and they're getting a win. That's not going to cut it most weeks. So they have to improve. And we're going to wait and see if if Sam Howell is the kind of guy that can support a fantasy option, let alone one or two. We're going to definitely wait and see. And if he can't, yeah, I think it's... then Jacoby Brissett is in, the, is in the wings waiting. And that might be the salvation that Terry McLaurin managers could be hoping on. And that's Jacoby Brissett finding his way into this team some way somehow yeah well it's like the opposite it's like what happened last year where Tim McLaurin had a slow start last year when Carson Wentz was the quarterback and then when they brought Taylor Heineke back in that's when McLaurin was uh was good again so I mean maybe there's another resurgence this year if Jacoby Brissett uh comes in for Sam Howell at some point in the season yeah there are, there are some parallels there for sure. All righty. Let's go last one o'clock game. And that is the Houston Texans of the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, J.K. Dobbins. Sucks. 
That really sucks. I feel so bad for him. I yeah. just hope he's okay. I just hope he just has a good life. Like, just don't even worry about football, JK. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, it's, it's so shitty to say, but you're right. I mean, second time he's done his Achilles now. And I thought it was his ACL. It was his ACL and his Achilles. No, I think this is the second time that he's done his Achilles. I, I could be, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I thought this is the second time that he that he's that he's done it. In any event, second time he's had a significant season ending injury. Like that's that's not good. It, it is definitely not good. And you're right, Adam, it was an ACL. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, honestly, it's funny. I thought it was the Achilles also, but then I saw that it was reported like or people were saying, like, oh yeah, he, he tore his ACL. In 2021, I was like, oh, I guess it was the ACL. You're 100% right. But yeah, still not great. No, um, it, it, it most certainly is not. And now we got to talk about, you know, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, who's going to be the guy. Nope, 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 nope. We have gone down this avenue before with Ravens running backs. This dark hallway of death. Do not do it. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Nope. No. Sorry. I'm not. I won't have Justice Hill or Gus Edwards anywhere. Anywhere. Nope. Uh-uh. Sorry. If I had to pick yeah. one, I would say it's Gus Edwards. Even though Justice Hill scored twice, I would say Gus Edwards. Yeah, I agree with you because I don't want to deal with this bullshit. No, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Why why add more stress to your life? Bingo. Just unnecessary stress. Yeah, unnecessary stress. Um, Zay Flowers though looked good. He looked really good. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He might be quickly becoming a little bit of a darling. I mean, he yeah. already isn't. He already is in my heart, but yeah, he looked really good. He looked really, really good. Look quick, look explosive, and they look to incorporate him, which is huge, 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 huge. That's what you want to see. You want to see a rookie getting involved early and often, and that's what the Ravens did with Zay Flowers. He just the the upside that he has. Oh my god, Mia. Ten targets. I mean, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, and you know, and we're talking about you know in this in this offense where there are established established options. Odell Beckham, three targets. Rashad Bateman, three targets. And then you had Zay Flowers with ten. Isaiah Likely, guy who before the day I put as a top eight tight end, picked him up in a couple spots. I didn't start him anywhere, but I just wanted to go for a block. One target, one catch. Four yards. It was a Zay Flowers show. Yep. It really, really was. And now look, we need to see what it looks like when Mark Andrews comes back. They're playing the long game with this one. I get it. I'm not saying Zay Flowers to the moon yet. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. I don't know. Lamar Jackson 
his game was uh, I don't know. There that one fumble that he had was ridiculous. He didn't have to do anything. No. He did not have to do anything. But I would agree. Very underwhelming, but I'm not panicking yet. Yeah, me neither. Um, your old friend Robert Woods showed up. For he looked the like Texans. the guy. He really looked like the guy, Adam, that 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 CJ Stroud was was looking to go to. And maybe I got this one wrong. That Robert Woods might actually be a thing. I'm not picking him up, but could he be a thing? Yeah, he definitely, definitely can be. And the split in the backfield, Miko Ryan said there was going to be a bit of a split. 13 to 7 in in favor of Pierce. Negative game script throughout, at least in the second half. They featured Pierce. So the usage is there. It's just he's not going to get a lot of high leverage, high volume touches because you got to worry about for how long are the Texans going to be in games? Yeah. Simple as that. And they were in this game longer than most people thought they were going to be in this game. Mm-hmm. They kept it close. I was shocked. They kept it close going, going into the second half. I was shocked. And then Baltimore just decided, okay, we're the Baltimore Ravens. These are the Houston Texans. We're going to stomp on their throats now. Yeah. And scored 15 points in the third quarter. Um, yeah, that's kind of uh that's kind of it though for for this game. So now we will move on to 425 as the uh Dallas Cowboys and the Giants have kicked off. And um we will go into the Packers and the Bears. Not a banner day for Justin Fields. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. I'm not panicking yet with Justin Fields, but we have to ask some questions. And I think it's it's the same questions as always. Can he do it with his arm? Is he more than just a one-trick pony with his legs? It was just, it was messy. It was extraordinarily messy. And... You know, you look at the the receivers as well. DJ Moore, only two targets. That is not good. Darnell Mooney, number one receiver on the day, scored a touchdown there. Uh, Chase Claypool, big fat nothing. It's not good. It's no. not good. You want to see more from Justin Fields other than him just, be, just being a runner. And the Packers just kicked them right in the mouth. And it's just same thing as always. When it comes to Packers Bears, and for a split second, maybe you thought, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is no longer in town, so maybe things are going to be different." Nope. Same thing as always. Packers come into Soldier Field, and they absolutely kick the Bears' asses all over the joint. And Jordan Love, I know, good for him. He has faced so much shit, and he had a hell of a day. 245-3, and you cannot ask for more than that. QB3 on the week going into Sunday night. The one thing you want to see, you want to see the completion percentage go up, but with the the, the options that he has downfield outside of Aaron Jones, who now could be hurt, and we got to wait for, for word on Aaron Jones. 
the receivers and the weapons that he's got to work with, it's a very inexperienced group, and he still managed to put up 245 and three. That's really, no, really good for Jordan Love. And if they can get Christian Watson back ASAP, yeah. that will really, really, really help him. And that's what I was going to say. potentially take him to the next step, which could be him becoming a guy that we're talking about as a locked and loaded play for for future weeks and as a guy that we could potentially stream to start and potentially rely on. And he's got great matchups coming up at Atlanta next week, at home versus New Orleans, Detroit, and Vegas. All good matchups that he can absolutely take advantage of. The schedule is really, really nice for Jordan Love. So I was on this train at the beginning of the offseason. I kind of got off it a little bit. But now I think I'm I'm back on it. I'm back on the Jordan Love train. Yeah, how can the Packers keep doing this? It's ridiculous. They're just like, oh, here's a good Spoiled. quarterback. Spoiled. Oh, we've lo- we've traded our other good quarterback. Here's another good quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, it's it's well traded a Hall of Fame quarterback and got a guy who looks very very promising. Yes. Very very promising, and that's. Huge credit to to the Packers. Humongous credit. Yes, it sure is. All right. Um, let's go and talk about the Raiders and the Broncos. The McDaniels Bowl, as they say. This was an ugly game, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the I was watching Red Zone during that drive with like the three pass interferences from the uh from the Raiders or on Oof. the Broncos. What a mess. Just sloppy. what an absolute mess. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Well, I mean, there's one guy we got to talk about, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jacoby Myers? Like what? <laughs> had the most targets. Had two touchdowns. He did more in one game with the Raiders than he did in his entire career with the Patriots. Yeah, well, you know, former Patriot going to former Patriot. We could. Who could have seen this coming? I started him in the guillotine. I didn't even think they played together in New England. I, neither did I. Neither did I. But it's just a, it's just a thing. It's a fraternity. He looked great. And Garoppolo, it was a very Jimmy Garoppolo performance. Low yards, high completion percentage, very safe, very sensible. It, I mean, I, I give full credit to to the Raiders. You know, they 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 turned up, they played a half decent game. And my one of my buddies said this when we were watching the game. I, I, I want your take on this, Adam. Okay. It wasn't McDaniel's ball today. It was the fraud ball. <laughs> the whoever fraud lost, ball. whoever lost is the bigger fraud. <laughs> I don't know if we kind of saw that. No, I think Russell Wilson, like this was like a good game for Russell Wilson. I mean, the yardage wasn't there, but he was competent. He didn't look like de- he didn't look dead. No, no, he did not look dead. He did not look dead. He did not look buried. But you want to see more out of it. This could also be considered the Mike Shanahan Bowl, if you want to think could about be. that. Oh, definitely could be. Yeah. It's just very meh. Just very, very meh. I wanted to see, I think, a little bit more out of out of Javante Williams in the pass catching department, Samaje P. Ryan at four catches, Javante Williams, four catches, but Javante Williams at five yards, Samaje P. Ryan at 37. So yeah. by classic, the way, Sam- classic Samaje P. Ryan. 
Yep, he's just always there. Adam Troutman. Look at you. Calling I can't Adam, believe it. <laughs> calling Adam Troutman. Yeah. I mean, this was going on in the in the offseason. But Sean Payton told us that Adam Troutman was gonna be was gonna be the guy. And he was. Yep. He was. He wants he wants to keep the Saints bloodline pure. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill to the Broncos. Coming up next. Yeah. Just lock it in. Yep. Sorry, I just saw some weird shit happened in the Dallas game. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's for later. So let's move on to the Chargers and the Dolphins. And actually, no, let's move on to the Eagles and the Patriots. Um, and talk about the Eagles. I'm surprised that this game is as close as, as it was. Um, once again, that source that you talked about like a month ago about how Kenny Gamewell was going to be the lead, one of the lead backs. Good for you. I mean, who would have thought? Well, actually, I would have because Kenny Gamewell, you knew. Kenny Gamewell is always there. They trust that they trust that man with their life. The Philadelphia Eagles do. Two touches for Boston Scott and DeAndre Swift. 18 touches for Kenny Gamewell. Rashad Penny, healthy scratch. Yep. You can't make this stuff up. I still don't know, though, if I'm really like comfortable with going all in on, on saying that Kenny Gamewell is like the de facto guy. Because we could come out next week and we could see DeAndre Swift become like the guy. And he just becomes a rotating door and it becomes annoying for fantasy managers to try and dissect what the hell this team is going to do. Yeah, well, it sounds that it, sounds annoying. It's like the Indianapolis Colts. Who's the running back you want to have for the Indianapolis Colts? Anthony Richardson. Who's the running back you want to have for the Philadelphia Eagles? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But if there is one to choose from, it might just be getting in well. It might just be. I'm not ready to say yes or no yet, but it very well could be. Devonta Smith looked great. AJ Brown looked great. Dallas Goddard, no reason to panic. Legitimately, no reason to panic. Tight end was just bad across the board tonight. Yeah, Hunter Henry was good. Hall of Fame tight end, my friend, my family friend, friend of the podcast, Hunter Henry, looked incredible. And you know what Jake texted me this morning? I swear to God, hand on a Bible for anybody who thinks I'm I'm lying or whatever. Hand on a Bible. Okay. He texted me, Hunter Henry's going to score tonight. <laughs> and I bet on it. I bet on it. So, Jake, thank you for the for the uh, 75 bucks. I appreciate that, buddy. Wow, look at that. I bet on it because Jake said it. I was like, huh, you know, why not? Sometimes you just, you just wake up one morning and you're like, this, is, this thing is going to happen. He said it. He said it. 10.30 this morning. Connor Henry's going to score today. It's like, okay. I'll bet on it. And it hit. So, Jake, thank you very much. Mac Jones looks shitty to start. He finished out okay. They still lost the game. It's kind of the Patriots. Like, I mean, if you're if you're looking at the numbers, you'd be like, wow, Mac Jones. Who would have, like, great against this Eagles defense? 
I believe he was the QB two on the week. Yeah. Going into going into Sunday night. Yeah. You're like it's a QB Mac, two. Mac He's Jones of QB all people. Two. Like. I mean, look, they were down 16-0, and they very nearly came back. Very, very nearly. So they were throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing. They were down to the red figured... zone at the end of the game. Like, this was not like, oh, we're just going to come back and make it look interesting and make it look competitive. We probably are never going to see a game again where Mac Jones has 54 pass attempts. We probably are never going to see that again. But at least we know that it's nice that he potentially has that in his locker. Like, what's more likely, Adam, that we see 54 pass attempts out of Mac Jones again or that we see two pass attempts out of Mac Jones? Like, total? Yeah, total. Probably probably two. Exactly. Because it's just the Patriots. They're a weird organization. Bill Belichick hates fantasy. (laughs) We've talked about this. Bill absolutely does not give a flying fuck about your fans teams. Good did fucking you, care less. Did you, did you see the running back usage in this game? Of course he doesn't care about fantasy. Oh my god. He does not give a single bollocks about your fantasy teams. Nope. Granted, Bill Belichick doesn't give a fuck about anything at this point in his life. Fair. But Ramondre Stevenson at the end, little garbage time Ramondre Stevenson, that was nice. That was definitely nice. I better better conditions are going to come for Ramondre Stevenson. I, I'm not particularly worried about it. The PPR upside is still is still tremendous. A really tough start though for New England, like Miami, the Jets, then Dallas. That's in the first four weeks. Like Ooh. that's a really tough start. I'm excited for that Jet game. It's a really, really tough start. But if Mac Jones, listen, if Mac Jones can keep doing what he's doing and keep working on it as a passer, then who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? My my projections for the Patriots could be dead wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you think Kendrick Bourne is like a guy to pick up? No. If you no. I'm still very much in the camp of the only New England Patriot that I want to have starting on my fantasy teams. Is Ramondre Stevenson. Is Kendrick Bourne interesting in 14 team leagues? Sure. 12, maybe. 10, no. I mean, part of this has got to be the game script, also. And sure. For sure. Absolutely, yes. Because but but we could see the next four weeks very similar game scripts to this. That's true. So there's a part of me that's saying. Maybe pick him up and then wait and see. But are you really going to think about starting Kendrick Bourne against Miami? Or the Jets or Dallas? Or the Jets or Dallas? No. 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I mean, that's that's too risky. There's I don't want to I don't want to introduce I don't want to introduce this and, and this just be like a thing, but I was list I was on a podcast this week. And I was listening on this show. I was on it, but I, was, I wasn't I was talking. I know, very hard to believe that I wasn't talking. But there was a a, a fantasy analyst that, that we had on the show. And he brought this up, and it, it blew my mind. He said, 
Stop playing the matchups. What you need to do is come up with a depth chart for all of your teams. And based on your depth chart, that's how you roll every single week. Ignore matchups. If they don't go well, then fine. But chart everything out and put your lineups together based on the depth chart that you have and keep updating it based on how your team changes. And I sat there and I was just like, that's genius. That makes a lot of sense. Because really, never thought about it. I mean, matchups can only take you so far. You can't overthink match. Like it's, it's so easy to overthink matchups when it's not super cut and dry. And even then, you know, we thought that AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts were all going to be great. We thought Baltimore was going to, you know, wipe the floor with Houston. That was going to be an, an amazing matchup. And that turned out to be like they had a good game, but like it wasn't, they weren't, it was they fantasy weren't Armageddon for, for, for anybody who had any sort of involvement in that game. It was yeah. a nightmare. If you didn't have, if you didn't have Zay Flowers and you started anybody named Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, um, any other, I mean, any, no one was starting Justice Hill or, or Gus Edwards. What were you talking about? Odell, Rashad Bateman, Isaiah Likely, Damian Pierce. That was fantasy Armageddon. Dalton Schultz, a nightmare. Yeah. A, a freaking nightmare. Yeah, week one is always a cruel reminder that nothing ever goes as you plan it to. Bingo, bingo. And this is when you take the opportunities based on what you see in week one, come up with your depth charts. And structure your start-sit decisions based on what your depth chart says. And if you have some that are close, then that's when you decide to deliberate and you go back and forth on it. But, you know, say Mike Evans is your, is your wide receiver too, and he's got a tough matchup and you don't really love Mike Evans, guess what? You, you still play Mike Evans. And you just take Mike Evans and his points for, for what they are. Yeah, this really goes back to that Patrick Mahomes conversation that we had in on the week one preview show. And I promise I'll stop bringing it up, but really fits. Yes, yes, absolutely does. And don't be sorry for a point that's good. Don't be sorry for a point that's good because that is a great point. Yeah, it was like, just start Patrick Mahomes. Literally. Adam, I'm the first person to bury you. I'm also the first person to jump to your defense. (laughs) I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. By the what way, Jake, we... Jake Ferguson, not to spoil anything, I hate talking about you know present tense, but Jake Ferguson, cooking right now. Uh, why didn't I start him? Cooking. Over George Kittle and the guillotine. Whatever. Never mind. That's not the point. And first and, first and goal, Cowboys. Yeah. The Giants. Oh. So all you Giants fans, we'll talk to you this week. Oh, boy. Still early. Still very early. I'm very excited for next week where we don't talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be a fascinating little game. All right. We got two. We got two more games. Let's go. Yes, we do. All right. Dolphins in L.A. uh, Wild and wacky game, um, as most games that involve the Chargers are. Um. Mike Williams was out for a bit. 
Austin Eckler, you know, is good. Joshua Kelly, like that's the story. Well, this is the thing at the char- uh, the Chargers do. They they tend to do this, and Kellen Moore also tends to do this, where he wants to roll with two running backs, and we but look no further than what he did last year with the Cowboys. And there were some reports that were going around about Austin Eckler that he could have potentially suffered some sort of injury. He came back. I've heard nothing about it. So I would say for anything that you saw on Twitter, A, no, nobody reputable reported it. And B, I've also not heard anything of it. So take that with a very small grain of salt. He came back as well. So I think we're I think we're good. I think we're good in that regard. But yeah, uh, Joshua Kelly, not only did he get a ton of carries, but he looked really good. Five and a half yards per carry is great. And even then, you're still talking about a game where Austin Eckler still got 16 carries too and sprinkle that in with four catches. So it wasn't like, you know, Josh Kelly was taking work away from Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler still got his. And I kind of like this. I, I like seeing that he's still getting enough work, but you're not completely saddling him with all the responsibility talking about Austin Eckler. You don't want to see that because that's how you potentially risk Austin Eckler potentially getting injured. And we don't want that, obviously. Yes. So if you can have a competent enough number two running back that could take some work away away from Eckler, but not to a point where it's going to diminish his fantasy value, that's great because he stays on the field. I know everyone wants to say, oh, yeah, we want to see we want to see Eckler on the field 24-7. But when you see Eckler on the field 24-7, that's when he gets hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess really, now that I'm thinking about it, the story is not the running backs. The story is the receivers. Um, Yeah, just only one touchdown and it went to Donald Parham or Parham. Yeah, but Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen had a had a pretty solid game. Uh, would have had would have been better if he didn't have the fumble. Uh, Mike Williams was a little hurt in this game, got banged up, uh, did return. So that's good news. Quentin Johnston, you know, it was his first game, two catches for for nine yards. Nothing really, you know, that impressive. I, I was shocked that they didn't really use Josh Palmer more. I think Josh Palmer is a really, really good uh, receiver, but it does look like that the pecking order for the Los Angeles Chargers is Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnston. Mm-hmm. With Keenan Allen just being the 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 target hog here, nine targets for 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 Keenan Allen, which you absolutely love to see. You absolutely do. And then the Miami Dolphins. I mean, isn't obvious. Terry Kill, he's great. My God, just. Oh, I love Kevin Harlan games so much. My God. I mean, and... 15 targets too? Like, Jesus Christ. He's a bad guy. He really is. He's unbelievable. 11 for 215 and 2. Like, you, 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 if you started, if you had Tyreek Hill in your, fan, your fans' teams today, congratulations on your win. Yeah, it was that's crazy. And Jalen Wild's gonna get his. I'm not worried about it. Actually had a very good game. You know, four for 78, 19 and a half yards per catch. I thought he was fine, Waddle, but it's just very clear that Waddle's upside is absolutely diminished 
as long as Tyreek Hill is in this team. And Tyreek Hill, and this was this was my biggest gripe with Jalen Waddle coming into the season, my biggest gripe with T. Higgins coming into the season, which was those guys are entrenched as number two options as long as their number ones are healthy. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill. Where with Chris Olave, who was the guy that was the other in that in that trio who I was debating where I was going to put them in my ranks, Olave has the clearest path to being the number one. And based on what we saw today, that's that's exactly what happened. Olave is the is the one A, Thomas the one B, and then uh, Rashid Shahid could be a bit part player in that in that offense as well. But I mean, wow, 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 wow. This was uh, this was a clinic for 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 Tyree Kill and. I mean, listen, Tua as well. I mean, you could say what you want about Tua, and you can talk about the obvious health risks that are associated with Tua Tungavailoa, as Adam, I'm sure, is going to point out at some point. Well, but, it's fine. It's whatever. Nothing's well, happened yet, right? But as long as as long as Tua is healthy, you got to you, you got to consider him as a legit starting option for fantasy football. Because my God, when he's throwing to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. He could put up 20 points just by default. Yeah. And I mean, he almost threw for 500 yards today. And <laughs> yeah, that little caveat. He had 466 and three. Yeah. That, that insy wincy little detail that I just managed to leave out. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah. I would... <laughs> uh, definitely. It, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right. Last game. The Dolphins, or uh, the Rams at the Seahawks in Seattle. Stay on the West Coast. Um, Matt Stafford's return to action, pretty okay. Cam Akers got a nice touchdown, but I guess we were really mm-hmm. talking about it's the receivers and Skyrim Williams. Fuck, 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 fuck. And Cam Akers had 22 carries in this game but he just did nothing with them. 1.3 yards per carry. That's horrific. And Kyron Williams looked way more efficient. He was the guy they went to at the goal line, and he got two touchdowns. Like, it's annoying. It's really, really, really annoying. Because Sean McVay just hates Cam Akers. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I know Jake is done with Cam Akers. That's what it feels like sometimes. It's very annoying. It is going to be very, very annoying. But I, 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 the one thing that I want to talk about is we're going to have all week to talk about the Cam Akers and Kyron Williams sitch. You know, that's what the kids say, the sitch. You know what that is, Adam? Yes, it's the situation. Yes, exactly. You know, that's been around since Kim Possible. I feel like that's not a thing for the kids. No, it's not. But you know what? You know what is a thing with the kids? Puka Nakua. Yeah, noted BYU Cougar, Puka Nakua. He was a guy that everybody talked about that maybe could be a thing. 10 catches, 119 yards, 15 targets, 1-5. Yeah. Who would have thought? And guess who has him on their bench in the guillotine? Is it you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yep. And I, you know, what's funny is I was going to drop him too for Isaiah Likely for $0. And I missed it. So 
thank God. Thank the good Lord. This right here, Puka Nakua, this is your number one waiver ad of the week. Without question. This is your guy. Yep, because who knows uh, when Cooper Cup is coming back. Literally in full point PPR. Yes. Oh, my heavenly father. This is your guy. This is it. He's owned in 2.3% of ESPN leagues. That's got that's going to be at least 70 this week. Guaranteed. Yeah, that's going to change. That's going to change by a lot. Guaranteed. Stud. Absolute stud. And he could he could come back. Cooper Cup can come back. And Pukunakua could be the number two. And still be very productive. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And he's a young player, too. So anybody in keeper... And Dynasty Leagues? Essentially a nice little stash there. Yes. He is a rookie, by the way. Yes, he is. He's a rookie fifth-round pick out of BYU, as I said. Go Cougars. Go Cougars. Um, yes. So, also, Matt Stafford looked healthy in this yes. game. Yep. His, his, balls, his balls had a good amount of zip on him. Yeah. yeah. I was very, very happy to see that. No touchdowns, but a very solid day. 334 yards passing, uh, sixty over 60% uh, percent completion percentage. That's great. Like that, I have no problem with that. And also, Tutu Atwell, six for a buck 19. Yeah. There were, there were guys that they, they they feasted. And the guys that we all thought were going to be the, the, the number one, number two, Higby and Van Jefferson, they did not. Yes, also, if you started the Cowboys defense in fantasy, Mazel Tov. Just Mazel Tov. <laughs> That's all. Oh, BRB is texting my Giants friends, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> They thought they were going to win. They thought they were going to win the game, Adam. <laughs> oh, what a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because the Jets are literally playing them next week, and I don't want anything to come back to bite me. But it is interesting. Not over yet. Not over yet. We can't. Oh. <gasps> It's literally, it's still only the first quarter. This is, but this is potential to be my downfall if I celebrate too much. It's only the first quarter, but please, please, God. Okay. So let's finish this up. Yes. We have one last team to go over. Yep. And it was G- Don Gino. Just. Oh boy! Do not overreact. This is not Geno Smith going back to the to the Geno Smith of old. It's one game. Don't worry about it. I am not concerned yet. Not yet. Do not panic. Do not panic. Stay calm. It was a bad day. Just a bad, bad day of the office for anybody involved with the Seattle Seahawks. But calm, calm. There's no reason to panic. Okay. Give it give it a couple weeks. Give it a couple weeks. They got outplayed from the jump. 
They were outcoached from the jump. Let's see how they do at Detroit next week. Two teams in very opposite directions, but you know what they say. Things always have a funny way of reversing themselves. Yes. Life uh, finds a way. Yes, it does. <clears throat> All right. Well, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.